0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser Podcast, episode number 184. I'm Veronica Belmont.
1: And I'm Tom Merritt. How's it going, everybody?
0: And this is the Science Fiction Fantasy Podcast, book club, book publisher, video show, all sorts of things uh, trying to bring the world of science fiction and fantasy to you in the comfort of your eardrums.
1: We want to make your reading list incredibly long.
0: (laughs) Grow exponentially over time. Um, Yeah, uh, that, that is a common problem that I hear from people, actually. And it's actually a problem for myself these days as well.
1: Yeah, I, I've, I, I have a problem too. Do you have this problem where you like have a long list of to reads? I do use Goodreads for that. Mm-hmm. And then you go in when you actually have a moment where you don't have to read something and you're like, okay, I'm going to pick something and then you just freeze and you can't decide which one to read next.
0: All the time. That is like one of the biggest problems I have regularly. Um, and also I have the issue of starting so many book series throughout the, the years that I could pot- potentially go back and, and continue reading multiple series, but I can never decide where to go, where to pick up, what to pick up next. Yeah. rather So it's it's kind of an endless endless struggle, really. But anyway, um we should kick off the show with what are we drinking, Tom? I, I gave you some extra time to go pick up a libation, so I hope 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 that you have have come through on that.
1: I have. I am drinking a Bard's original sorghum malt beer with a Brian Brushwood like logo.
0: <laughs> Why is it Brian Brushwood like?
1: Because it has the 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 BB Oh, you're right. at the top. Oh I didn't gosh. realize that either until he was at my house, and he's like, hey, this is my beer.
0: That's hey. pretty close. I'm drinking a um, Racer 5, uh, India Ooh, nice. Pale Ale. Yeah, these were the beers that I had I served at my wedding, if you will
1: recall. I remember, and I told you it was a good choice then, too.
0: Yeah, delicious. Um, but anyway, let's move on to the first section of the show, which is known as the Quick Burns. So I'm super excited because um, Dara, who is in the forums, had a fantastic idea to kind of collect all of the quick burns in one place, in one thread. So that way we didn't have a hard time kind of sorting through all of the news items and and trying to find the most recent ones. And she also, uh, as well as many of the other members in the the, uh, book club, felt as though they were posting things that weren't being seen. Um, So now we have just one thread, uh, in called the quick burns in, in the new section of, of the Goodreads forums. And we'll be looking there and we can sort it by date so we can see which is new. And that's how we're going to bring the quick burns to you from now on. So, yay.
1: Yeah. It worked really well this week. I guess the question will be, when do we need a new thread for that? Like next week will be fine, but after a while it might get pretty long. So well, the introduction know, thread is you. very long. The what thread?
0: The introduction thread is very long. Hello. We have lots of very long threads, and I think this is good or because it's almost like, like newest. a
1: newest. Yeah, it's it almost like you right.
0: It's like a history. You can go back in time and see all the discussion items. It's time chronological history. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So I think that's kind of cool. But um, like she actually had our first quick burns as well, uh, which was cracking my shit up this week. Um, <laughs> This is, uh, she goes on to say, after extensive research, the Jane Austen Center in Bath has determined that what Jane really looked like, and it's Mary Robinette Cole, a successful Rothfuss impersonator, puppeteer, Mm -hmm. and Regency author.
1: Uh, And this is not a joke about the Jane Austen Center creating a, this is what we think Jane Austen really looked like. But they didn't say it's Mary Robinette Cole. It was Tor.com who has the the post of their Mm -hmm. picture of, you know, a picture of Mary next to the mock-up of what Jane Austen really looked like. And it's dead ringer.
0: It's creepy. It is like shockingly close. Um, And Mary had some fun with it. She was posting about it on Twitter and responding to people's comments. And I just love that, that tour posted about this because I, it, it couldn't be any closer. It's like they essentially made a figurine of, of Mary Robinette Cole.
1: Frankly, there needs to be a Jane Austen biopic made with Mary Robinette Cole starring. That would be amazing. Yeah.
0: I would definitely watch that. I know she
1: could do it. She might not.
0: <laughs> she might not.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Uh, ben has our second story here a TV series based on the Elstones of Shannara has been greenlit, according to The Word Zone.
0: Yeah, MTV. Uh, and this is interesting, too, because that, of course, is the second book in the series. Um, so they're skipping the story of Shannara. Shannara, sorry. Uh, you know, once Terry Brooks tells you how to pronounce the name of his series, you kind of have to go with that pronunciation moving forward. Um, but yeah, I guess this is because they're, the books are too similar to... Lord of the Rings. That's according to uh, to Adam over on the Word Zone. Um, so it would be yeah, too similar in storyline. Trying to line. adapt
1: the Sword of Shedera would result in near-instantaneous lawsuits from the Tolkien estate and Peter Jackson.
0: So they're kind of moving on. It, it, it's set in a world that's a generation after the events of the first book. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting people attached to it, including John Favreau, um, yeah. of course, who was the director of the first two Iron Man movies. Um, so I, Or,
1: or and the guy from Swingers.
0: I haven't, of course. I haven't watched a show on MTV in a really long time, so I, I don't know at what level they're producing at in terms of quality for this kind My of stuff. Wife
1: was watching um, Teen Wolf, mm-hmm. the, re- the, re- the reboot, um, and it, it was very much in that CW-like vein, and they say Al Goff and Miles Millar who produce Smallville are going to be showrunners so i would imagine it to feel a little bit like that it's mm-hmm. it, it's interesting to me like it's going to have a little bit of that teen adventure aspect to it if it's on MTV but it but it's total fantasy so
0: yeah, hopefully they're going off the popularity of, of things like Teen Wolf or Smallville or, you know, these fantastical teen dramas that have done so well in the past and, and see where it takes them. Um, our yeah. next story also has to do with television. This one comes from Louis. Um, uh, Daniel Abraham gives us an update on the Expanse TV show, including first casting news and the creative team behind the television adaptation. Um, and because, of course... Louis and also Tom, I know, are over all over any news about this project. So excited! Flies Uh, to honey.
1: They cast Miller. They cast the detective, and it's the guy from Hung.
0: I don't watch that show,
1: but you you've seen like a a a billboard for it or or something, right? Have I? No.
0: Yeah, maybe. So I'm looking at a picture of the guy now. Yeah, Is that how you picture Miller to look like?
1: No, this guy's going to need a haircut and, uh, and a hat. And a hat? Yeah, uh, so before I can really picture it.
0: Okay, well, but... l- l- let's not judge. We'll give it some no, time. No, no, no.
1: I actually think he's got the right temperament for it. So once they, once they get him all Millered up, it probably should work pretty well. All right. Well... I've this guy's name, and now I can't remember it, and I can't find it. <laughs> Thomas I... Jane. Thomas Jane. Is Thomas
0: right? Jane? Yeah. Okay.
1: Not Jane Thomas. Thomas Jane. <laughs>
0: We have another bit of news um, from Shana. Uh, There is currently a Kickstarter campaign for a theatrical adaptation of five of Neil Gaiman's short stories. A bunch of the backer rewards are various books and things signed by Neil, and he's in the video, so check it out if you are a fan. Now, this is called um, October in the Chair and Other Fragile Things this Halloween, and uh, they've so far raised uh, $12,250 out of a $15,000 goal. Um, So they're bringing these short stories to the stage as an adaptation. And I think this sounds really, really cool, but is it, is it going to be traveling or is it going to be just in one place? It's going to be just in Amsterdam and New York city, I think. Yep.
1: Mm. So it sucks to be us. Yeah. Uh, we won't get to probably see it. Why they're having a harder time. You would think something like this would have hit its goal in a second. There are 12 days left. So they're more than halfway through, and they're still short of the $15,000 goal. But if you live in New York or Amsterdam, or if you're just like the hugest Neil Gaiman fan and you want to altruistically help this to happen, you should go pledge, uh, because I I think it's going to be interesting to see this be carried out.
0: Yeah, you do get a a ticket to the performance if you select the um, $30 or more pledge. Uh, Actually, no, it looks like... You can get a, for $18 or more, you can get a ticket to any performance in either Amsterdam or New York, (laughs) but you have to live there
1: (laughs) or or get close to there
0: or be able to pay more money to get to those places.
1: Excuse for a vacation, perhaps?
0: It'd be nice if they could uh, record it so that they could send people video versions of the performance, but then that might be, that might de-incentivize people to actually go see it in person.
1: No, see that's the kind of false thinking that I always fight against on the internet, right, which is <laughs> is that, oh, if we make it available in one way, that will entirely ruin the demand for it another way. Who cares? Do you want people to see it and and frankly they'd they'd be well over fifteen thousand dollars if they made a video of it available so i I mean Neil Gaiman has blessed this this isn't them like doing it on the sly. If I were them, mm-hmm. I would add that in right now, like we will make a limited number of videos available to backers of this afterwards. It's not going to hurt the ticket sales. Probably I don't
0: not. And also, um, what was I going to say? There's a
1: difference to, between seeing it in person and watching it on a video. And if I right. lived in New York or Amsterdam, I would much prefer, as a huge Neil Gaiman fan, to go to it and see it in person.
0: Well, I mean, you know how these things work with Kickstarter projects. So it has a big jump in the very beginning, and then it kind of goes down, and then the bell curve comes back up at the very end in the last, like, 24 hours so. I'm I'm pretty confident they'll reach their goal. I'm not yeah, going to bet money bad. on it, but at the same time, that I'll would try. definitely incentivize more people to contribute. Bet me. What
1: bet? Me. Bet me, right now.
0: You want you want me to bet you? Okay. Yeah, when do you want to bet? bet? What do you want to bet?
1: Bet uh, I'll bet you. I don't have any money. I'm not betting your money. First edition.
0: A first edition, uh, one of your own. Cop first editions.
1: Or one of yours. Yeah. Of of the other person's choice. No. How? What? Do you have like seriously? Val- I don't have very seriously valuable first. Person.
0: They're personally valuable.
1: <laughs> All right. All right. A book. Uh, I will buy you a book. How's that? Okay. Of your choice.
0: All right. So my bet, and we will virtually handshake on this, is that mm-hmm. they will reach their goal, and your bet is that they will not reach their goal.
1: Oh well, wait a minute. I didn't know that was the bet. What do you think I
0: the that bet was? Their goal?
1: I think they'll reach their goal.
0: So we can't both bet on the same thing.
1: Yeah, no, it's not going to work. Let's move on. Just buy, me a, just buy me
0: a book anyway. Buy me a book for my birthday.
1: No, I'm not buying you a book anyway.
0: Just buy me a book anyway.
1: <laughs> sure, it's your birthday yesterday. I should have bought you a book, huh? Oh. Just
0: buy me a book. I didn't buy you, you anything for a, your birthday. You didn't buy
1: though. the birthday card. I
0: didn't get you a card either. You
1: know. uh, that's okay. Chris like to got much you a anyway. story for your birthday. Oh. Do you like that? Tell me more. Uh, the story is that the World Fantasy <laughs> Award nominees were announced <laughs> <laughs> as were two Lifetime Achievement Awards, Ellen Datlow and Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough, were named the Lifetime Achievement Award winners, and the full list of nominees can be found at Mm worldfantasy.org. One novel that was nominated, Terp Kristen pointed out, she really wanted to read The Golem and the Ginny, and Prior Sword and Laser Pick, A Natural History of Dragons, a memoir by Lady Trent, was also nominated.
0: And Fancy People, Neil Gaiman, uh, with The Ocean at the End of the Lane, and Gene Wolfe, The Land Across, are also nominated, as well as, uh, this is for Novel, and uh, Sophia Samatar for A Stranger in Orlandria. Oh, and also uh, Richard Bowes, Bows, Dust Devil on a Quiet Street. All very fancy names.
1: Yeah. Really, uh, Rachel Swirsky got nominated for a short story, If You Were a Dinosaur, My Love, is in there.
0: I see um, we are not nominated for Anthology, but maybe next year.
1: I don't know if we submitted or if we had to. Do we submit.
0: have to do that? I don't know how these things work.
1: Yeah. I think we have to like, like pay people a lot of money.
0: You have to pay bribes. to be nominated so to for stuff?
1: Well, yeah. Isn't that how it always works with awards?
0: Oh, John Joseph they, Adams do. is nominated for a Special Award Professional for Magazine and Anthology Editing. That's exciting. We'll ask,
1: we'll, uh, we can send an email to Marie Brennan and ask her how, like, how much how much uh, grease she had. to?
0: <laughs> I'm sure she would love to answer that question. I'm sure she yeah, has it's... nothing better to do than answer our emails about how we can get nominated our for ridiculous awards.
1: emails about uh, accusations of bribery. Yeah. Let me just say, I do not believe that the world fantasy awards nor any other awards actually accept bribes. See the
0: fix is in, see? This is
1: just a joke End joke tag now. <laughs>
0: uh, backslash
1: joke. Yes.
0: All right. So let's move on to,
1: These are picks. Uh, Sometimes we talk about other things we're reading. Sometimes we talk about other things you're reading. This week we want to talk about a couple things other people are reading. Killian finished The City and the City by Mm -hmm. China Mieville earlier this week or last week and was absolutely blown away by it. Wrote a review up on Goodreads and thinks he'll read a Feist book next for some light, mindless fun. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Were his <laughs> the City and the City is a great book. It's 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 very Mieville, um, as all of his books really are. So I would I would recommend that one as well. If you and like gave things a little stars, on the weird the way. on the weird side, um, and then we have a pick from Rabindranath. Rabindranath. Rabinjanov,
1: who finished
0: yes who finished Royal Assassin earlier and then dived headlong into Assassin's Quest immediately he says I will forever kick myself for not reading these incredibly brutal books before now and then he also put up a review he gave it five stars and it's a good long review too I may actually post it over on the website because it's pretty awesome Um, yeah both these
1: reviews are, are, are comprehensive good job you guys
0: very good job. And uh, yeah, those, those, of course, are some of my favorite books of all time. Robin Hobb being one of my favorite authors and um, Assassin's Apprentice, the first book in that series, uh, was a pick, wasn't it? We read Assassin's yes, Apprentice.
1: That's how I got introduced to Robin Hobb.
0: Back in the day. So yeah. hopefully, well, I, I'm not going to blame you for not picking up the next books, but you really should have known better. You should have known better. All of so you. Now, that, that's a blanket statement. Now
1: they all know better.
0: Yeah. And, new and books now are coming you can't out say soon. I didn't
1: know better, because Veronica just told you.
0: <laughs> but hey, other books are coming out as well. On July 29th, Republic of Thieves by Scott Lynch is out in paperback. Um, so if a hardcover book is too heavy slash expensive <laughs> for you, the paperback version is on its way.
1: I, inclu- I don't generally include the paperback releases on the calendar, simply because I feel like so many people read ebooks that that first trade release is probably the one most people are excited about but someone particularly requested this on the goodreads calendar thread so i threw it in there. very cool july 31st Ecoid, a laundry novella by charles strass is out
0: mm, august 6th we have the widow's house the dagger and the coin by daniel abraham And then we also have other things, too. Uh, Rise of the King, Companion Codex 2, Companions Codex by Ari Salvatore, and The Magician's Land, a novel by Lev Grossman. That sounds like maybe, is that the third book in the Magician series?
1: It is. Very cool. August 6th. Uh, So that's just a few of people we've either come to know or are fans of, uh, but you can find more upcoming releases at swordandlaser.com slash calendar. You know what I like to do with books... What's Veronica. that, Tom? Stick them in my ears.
0: Stick them in your ear holes?
1: Yep. I play them. I have people read them to me. And you shouldn't I just play them. them. They back. don't like that.
0: you got to be straight with them.
1: Don't hate the player. Hate the story if it's not very good, but most of them are. <laughs> uh, and so I don't hate them. I play them on audible.com.
0: Yes, Audible is the leading provider of downloadable digital audiobooks and spoken word entertainment across all sorts of genres. Of course, they have a wide selection of sci-fi and fantasy. Um, And many of the books that we pick for Sword and Laser are available on audible.com. And that's part of the way that we get through so many books is because we can read things on paper, and then when we're doing something like washing the car or driving or doing the dishes or cleaning the house or whatever else it is that we do that, you know, we can't just sit there with a book in our hands. We listen to it. I do it at the gym all the time, by the way.
1: I'm making my kale and radicchio salads with Pharaoh. I'm listening to Dawn by Octavia Butler these days. You're a hippie. (laughs) And I put no shoes on. (laughs) Uh, 150,000 titles. Remember back when they were like, Audible has more than 50,000 titles, 150,000 titles to choose from over there at audible and um this is in no way related to what our pick for the next month is going to be but the name of the wind by patrick rothfuss is totally available at audible as a great list it's how i first experienced the book and you could get it free we just give it to you
0: yep all you have to do is go to audiblepodcast.com slash sword laser um (laughs) for a free 30-day trial uh yeah don't go to tom's house that's kind of weird just download no, the
1: better, better the It's easier for both of us if you just go to audiblepodcast.com slash swordlaser for the free 30-day trial. Uh, audiblepodcast.com slash swordlaser for a free audiobook and trial. And let them know we sent you. Don't, don't play coy like, I don't know, I just dropped by. Be like, no, it was sword and laser. They're <laughs> the ones.
0: Thank you, Audible, for continuing to support our show. We really appreciate it. All right, let's move on to Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. So, um, this is a little bit of housekeeping, uh, a thread that Turp Kristen started. Um, she mm, double says, shot of
1: Turp Kristen in today's show. We have you a double shot that? of
0: Turp Kristen and a double shot of Dara on this episode. Wow. So, I just want to put double that out. That. They have been contributing like whoa in the forum. So, a little recognition goes a long way. Um, she says, Hey, everybody. While well, going through a backlog of email this morning, I realized I had about five emails with a topic related to casting movies for different books that we've read. It was really hard to tell which book it was related to without clicking through. And there are only some of those threads that matter to me. Um, hmm. In another book club I'm in, what do you mean? What do you mean, Turp Christen? What Wait, do you mean another what? book club? What do you mean by that?
1: You quit that immediately.
0: Anyway, she says, in another book club I'm in, for club picks, threads for the specific books are titled with the book identifier in the title. For example, if a club read Ancillary Justice, the threads might be of the form AJ colon title of thread here. Or if they read A Game of Thrones, it might start with Agot colon, then the name of the thread. Obviously, it would be painful to do this for all the existing threads, but maybe Mm -hmm. going forward, we could try to do it. What do you all think? Would that help anyone but me? You know, I never really thought about this before because we have the threads in their discussion folders, and so I always thought about that as being enough of a categorization um, to keep it from being confusing, but I'm realizing now that people are being sent these, like, Goodreads Digest emails that Mm -hmm. just have a bunch of threads that are mixed in from all different you know, book discussion folders and also your unread threads. Those also just come in one big folder of stuff. um, Yeah, Caitlin points out the
1: unread thread in the mobile app doesn't tell you what thread it came from. So this would be really helpful there.
0: So I I think it would be okay. Um, And it seems to be that the other book club was started by Rob. So now I have to talk to Mm. Rob about this. And then,
1: well, yeah, Rob says, must be an awesome group. Mm. And then Alex says, Alex Mm. says, Whoever came up with this system is a genius. To which Rob writes, "LOL, I'm sensing inside jokes."
0: Yeah, like some like other book club inside jokes. Rogue
1: book clubs are spawning, which is actually kind of awesome, to be honest.
0: I guess whatever, as long as it doesn't take away from your primary book club, which is Sword and Laser,
1: because I, be I will find you. I will find you. I will hunt you down.
0: I will find you. I have ways. Um, but Save anyway, this is a great fun. idea. Great idea, guys! Um, I think we could definitely go forward and do this in the future. And they mentioned, you know, a smaller title like Dawn, for example. It could just say Dawn colon title thread name. Nope, um, just D. Just D, <laughs> because we'll never read another book with the name we D. Must stick to the format.
1: Uh, let's let's have a big uh, flame war now about that. That'd be awesome. No, they all seem uh, to
0: agree that the shorter title, and if it's a shorter title of a book, it works. So they already decided this.
1: No, I know. I was just it was because they're already using that for their joke tag. Veronica, jeez, slash joke. Hey, I have a question. Hey, what? Are there high fantasy books that take place in the 20th century? Because Matthew wants to know.
0: (laughs) Tell me more, Tom.
1: Well, he's curious. Uh, Are there any fantasy books that use very traditional tropes of fantasy? But are in a 20th century context, wizards and dragons and trolls and all that, but also skyscrapers, cars, suits and ties, electricity, iPhones, not looking for anything steampunk or supernatural, just something like what would all of these worlds be like if the technology progressed like we have over 2000 years.
0: So uh, Raznak had a question that kind of popped into my mind as well, which was, what is the difference between urban fantasy and high fantasy set in current times? Good good
1: question. That
0: is a really good question. And Matthew had an answer, um, I think. He says, I don't have a lot of experience with urban fantasy, but what I'm looking for is sort of the same social or world structure as we would see in high fantasy set in a modern place setting. So give me a king and a queen and all that, but have them live in a penthouse. Uh, Most of the urban fantasy I've read has a fantasy part hidden from the rest of the world. I'm looking for something where the fantasy part is explicitly the world we all live in. That's interesting.
1: that would be cool. I get what Matthew's after now, which is like the president is like the high king, right? But he's mm-hmm. president, president of, of the United States, but has like a wizard minister.
0: No, but he's actually called the king.
1: So yeah, you sure. You, yeah, you
0: can, yeah, maybe. I mean, you, you don't have yeah, to mess can, with modern can, day You can
1: go lots of different directions with that. You're right. You could make it a king. But I, I'm thinking like suits and ties, getting on Air Force One and meeting with the Council of Wizards, you know? Right.
0: It kind of makes me think of fables a little bit.
1: There's a little bit of this in the Bobby Dollar series, but again, hidden from the public. Right. I, I, the idea of this like just being out and about and totally the way it is in real life is the interesting part of this. Because cause people point out Dresden Files, which is kind of this, except again, hidden away right. from the public. The idea of it being fantasy the way like, classic fantasy is like everybody knows there's wizards and everybody accepts it and it's not exactly powder mage trilogy because that's more 1800s it would have to be a 21st century version of it
0: mm-hmm. this
1: is cool yeah sean
0: sean has some suggestions he says a little big by john crowley the talisman by stephen king and peter straub uh the knights of breton court by maurice uh Broidus. Broadus Broaddus. Um, i don't
1: know if i count the talisman or not it's not really public good book though
0: and then sword art online by reiki kawahara which always comes up when i'm looking for sword and laser stuff on the internet (laughs) i don't know why because it has sword in the title
1: yeah for sure anyway good question if anybody has more it doesn't look like anybody had a definitive answer to this i mean max gladstone's craft sequence okay that's actually a good one
0: Mm -hmm. very cool these magic
1: by Trudy canavan Says oh, Kaidi. interesting yeah, all right, so there's a there's a few in here. Check out this uh, thread this good stuff
0: totally um more housekeeping, um, so we've been having a lot of requests for uh, so we're having our first sword and laser uh in person monthly meetup at Borderlands in San Francisco this Thursday, um, and other people from other parts of the world want to start meeting up in real life and and getting to meet other sword and laser members. It's this not this a- Thursday. The, the 31st. The first. Yeah, the 31st. I said the 31st. I just forgot what week I was in right now. Okay. <laughs> um, but this is something we've been doing with Vaginal Fantasy for a really long time, too. Um, they have tons. We have tons of local chapters all around the world for Vaginal Fantasy, and they meet up every month and they talk about the books. And for some reason with Sword and Laser, we never really like publicly talked about that or really made it a thing, um, and publicized it. So yeah, you guys should totally be doing this. If this is something you want to do, if you want to meet with other group members, um, in real life in meet space, um, I started a, uh, discussion forum, uh, for local group meetups that you can get to on the Goodreads and just post your location and, and see if there's other people in your area that you want to meet up with. And, have a drink in the pub and talk about the book and maybe watch the live stream together. Who knows? Um, so I just thought it'd be fun for, for you guys to get to know each other in, in real life if you're interested.
1: We got some going on. Los Angeles locals, Tacoma, Washington, Sydney, New South Wales, whole globe.
0: Nice. Yeah. So I actually found those threads um, in the general forums, and put them into this folder. Um, so, they, But they're all pretty recent. They're all from June and July. So if you guys want to restart those threads and talk about them some more and, and find times to meet up, um, feel free to emulate what we're doing here in San Francisco, because I think it'll be a lot of fun for you. Um, and I, I can't wait for our first meetup. It's going to be rad.
1: Time to complete our double shot of Dara, or Dara. Uh, she posted, when Amazon accidentally revealed their unlimited subscription service, which is now confirmed and is actually happening, you can pay $10 a month to get access to 600,000 titles, some from big publishers, there's Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, some from indies in there, as well as 1,000 audiobooks, and you can eat all you want, or read them, don't eat them, they're ebooks. And a lot of people are trying to debate, like, is this worth it? I come at it from in, two sides. I might do this because I probably read 12 to 15 e-books. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of audiobooks, so I'm I'm not I'm not sure. You have to you basically have to read a book a month to make this worthwhile.
0: I, I oh, excuse me. I definitely Sorry, do boring, that. You're yeah. not you're not boring me. You're not boring me. Um, I mean, I, I feel like I, I do this enough. I'm actually trying to work through this backlog of of paper books that i have in my office um for for when i when i've already read the god i'm burping and yawning and expelling air from all all sorts of orifices i apologize um i I promise i i didn't i didn't fart um but anyway um if this was wrapped into prime i would pay a little more for prime but i don't know if i want to pay a separate ten dollars a month
1: well, Again, if if you if you read if you spend more than ten dollars a month on Amazon eBooks right now, this is a no brainer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but but for folks who are kind of on the edge, it may or may not be worth it. It's certainly going to wrap you into to Amazon. And the other thing is, my books that I self publish aren't qualified for this because I'm not a big publisher. Who can strike an independent deal, mm. and I have to give Amazon exclusivity in order to be part of this trial. Really? So, yeah. As a, as a I, small
0: publisher? not The so larger it, The larger publishers don't have to do Sword that, right? Laser
1: Anthology can't be part of this hmm. because we sell it on Nook and we sell it on iBooks and we would have to give those versions up. We'd have to take those versions down out of those stores in order to get the ability to join this because you have to be part of what's called the Kindle Select program if you want to be part of the All You Can Read program which I think sucks. They should, they should make it available to anybody who wants yeah. to be.
0: Maybe they'll expand it more in the future. I mean, if this was kind of like an early announcement, maybe there's still more to come. Who
1: knows? Maybe.
0: Well, have, did you talk about that on DTNS?
1: I did. I did. In fact, the cool. daily tech news show.
0: All right, well, let's uh, move on to the book of the month dis- discussion. Um, so is this our, our wrap up already?
1: Yeah. So Early in the We're- month. Well, it, it it is a little bit early in the month, but the next, uh, show, the next book club show is, is not until August.
0: You're right. I guess you're right. Um, though, yeah, that's a little far into the month. All right. So let's, uh, let's wrap up Dawn by Octavia Butler. Um, this was our book pick. We voted on this one from a selection of uh, various Butler choices. Um, this is the one that you guys chose. And I'm really glad you did because I actually really enjoyed this book.
1: Five and, stars for me too. Absolutely. And I did,
0: not, I did not realize, I mean, I guess I just have to learn at this point that all the books are going to be polarizing. Like there's no way that we're going to it's pick a book. pretty
1: rare that they're not. You're right. I mean, because people have so many different opinions. Not every book is right for everybody.
0: Right. Um, so, yeah, last last month or last week, we talked about um, some of your discussion threads, uh, but now we're going to go full spoiler. Um, so if you have not yet finished the book by this, the 22nd of July, um, I would recommend uh, skipping to the next episode or, or holding off until you've read the book.
1: Yeah, we, we intentionally have put the book check ins towards the at the very end the last thing we do before we say goodbye in order to make sure that nobody gets spoiled. But you don't have to miss other segments of the show.
0: Absolutely. So, Tom, yeah, so you liked it. Tell me about it.
1: I loved it. Uh, and it feels like the majority opinion was people generally liked the first half, and then they start to split off into some people who didn't like the second half as much and people who, who did. I found the second half different, so I can see where some people might take a, a a different opinion of the second half, but I liked it just as much. In fact, I found Lilith's character to be so much more interesting because she didn't stay the same character throughout. She was the protester. She was fighting against them. She was not believing them. And then midway they thrust her into the role of being their chill, yeah, uh, you know, so to speak. And I was like, this is so much more interesting than if they had totally won her over, which they haven't. She's, she agrees, like, you know, really what we need to do is get down to earth and then bolt. Uh, and they know that. And yet she's got to convince people to trust them enough to be able to make it down there and to believe that they're on a spaceship. And to me, that was, that was so, so much more interesting than where a story like this might have normally gone.
0: And so I think that was the part that kind of made me the most frustrated was when she goes into this role uh, where she has to kind of convince people to go along with the plan and then they don't, or at least a lot of them don't. And you start being very frustrated with that side of humanity I just wanted people to cooperate. And maybe that's just the way that I felt about the book or the way that I am in life. Um, but all the people like Carl, for example, who were, were raging and against the machine and, and not wanting anything to do with the aliens, I was like, just dude, just chill out, man. Just go with the flow. You'll be fine. This is your, your ticket back to Earth, maybe. I don't really know. Um, well, and
1: that's easy to say mm-hmm. from the omniscient point of view where we're certain she's on a spaceship. But right. if you think it's all like the FBI trying to fool you, you know, or the or the NSA or something. But
0: like, what did they have to do to prove, prove it to people? Like they, they did Shut, so many that, things that to prove it to people. That was the only part that
1: bothered me is like, take these people to a window and show them space. Yeah. Like, come on
0: like their human brains will handle it. I promise. Yeah, Think
1: about a little shuttle, you know, and just fly them around the moon once, bring them back. They'll believe you.
0: They'll be Like, Oh, it was a virtual reality. Like whatever.
1: Yeah. I guess that's the point is like, no matter what you do, if somebody really, you, know, is you, convinced, you
0: throw, you throw them out an airlock. That's what you do. <laughs>
1: yeah. See how they do without oxygen for 20, yeah. 40 seconds.
0: You want to, you want to pretend like you're not in space. Try this one out for size. Guess what?
1: You're in space. Yeah. You're,
0: you're enough in space.
1: That seems rather extreme, Veronica. I don't think that's humane.
0: <laughs> this is, I'm just, I'm just trying to do what's best for humanity, Tom.
1: I, yeah. Okay. Lilith. <laughs> um, and
0: that,
1: that's where the, uh, that's the other side of it that I found this is such a deep book. There's so many levels and there's, there's the third gender, certainly not the only person to ever uh, write a story that way, but she wrote it very well. And I believed the purpose of the it uh, the it gender. Uh, I, th- I think the idea that they wanted to do a trade, a genomic trade, was handled so well because they sound so logical, and you totally understand what they want to do. And at the same time, as a you know, I'm I'm like Lilith. I'm like I'm not so sure I want this trade, and it doesn't sound like I have a choice. Like you're kind of strong-arming me here. Uh, strong so tentacling. Strong, yeah. You're using those sensory arms. Oh man, I don't like it.
0: Yeah, um, it really brings up the question of what makes us human. And that's actually Barack started a thread about that, uh, that I thought was really interesting because you think of it as evolution happening in a very rapid pace. Um, so instead of, you know, they're, they're basically saying in the next generation, it's going to be a 50, 50 hybrid of Uncali. How do you say their name again from the
1: audio Well, in the audio book, it was Collie. Uncali.
0: Uncali. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're essentially saying, you know, every new baby born in the next generation is going to be a hybrid, um, a 50, 50 human Mm -hmm. on Collie split. Um, and that can be very jarring to, to your sense of, of what is human and what that means to be human, but would they not be human or would they be something more than human? And is, is, is that more important than preserving what's left of humanity?
1: I find it really similar to the idea of are you you if you've gone through a transporter right like if if your molecules are disassembled and then reassembled and it's your memory put back in your body is it still you like except on a species level which is to say that our our species genetically has changed continues to change over time the the difference is the speed with which it changed, right? Mm-hmm. So the teleporter analogy would be like, well, your molecules aren't the same molecules you were when you were 12, unless, unless you happen to be 12. Um, <laughs> but, but you are still considering yourself you. So what makes you you? And what makes a species a species? Like, what is speciation? At what point does it stop being human because the genetic change has happened so much? I think it's the speed with which it happens that really causes people to go hold on wait a minute if we evolved slowly over time into different types of beings that's one thing but you're kind of forcing the issue to happen fast
0: and oh what was going to be my other point i had a really good other point darn it beer this well, is I what like, happens when you drink and talk about well books.
1: you while you think about that barack's uh question or or thought i oh. thought it was particularly oh go ahead
0: is it like a culture thing
1: yeah so, you know, yeah, that's that's,
0: was that what you were going to say? Yeah, yeah. No, that,
1: that's that, what Barack was saying, yeah.
0: That is a, a huge point of this. If if these offspring, if these children of human and oncology, um have a much different culture than what we as humans have traditionally had, does that mean that they are less human? Does that mean they are something more than human? Or is it just like the evolution, that it's just the evolution of culture on top of the evolution of the physiolo- physio- physiology?
1: Yeah, and you're definitely having someone else's culture forced upon you in this situation by genetics. Mm -hmm. It's not just like cultural imperialism like we have seen happen in history on Earth. It's them putting their culture in your sons and daughters.
0: That makes me just think about like the themes of rape that are very prevalent in this book Mm -hmm. as well, because you feel as though... You know, Lilith, essentially, I believe, was, was raped in many ways. I think the, the human species is being raped in many ways. And maybe it will save humanity, but at the same time, it's, it's against their will. This is not what humanity asked for. Is it what we deserved? No, I don't think it is what we deserved. If you keep using that anthology, uh, I mean that, um, non anthology, analogy. analogy.
1: Please buy our anthology. Uh,
0: also buy our anthology.
1: We just we just we're using uh, subliminal advertising now, folks.
0: <laughs> um, so it's it's a difficult situation. I started reading the very beginning of the next book, and things definitely get a little weird. So i I, I would urge people to continue reading because the way humanity starts, either accepting this or not accepting this, is is pretty interesting.
1: Well, and that's that's another thing that crossed my mind even before I read the sample of the first chapter of the next book was after a generation, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. It's only that first generation that's go- resisting. If the Owen colleague can get this to happen, the next generation is going to be like, yeah, but that's who we are. We are people with different genes. Mm-hmm. Screw you, Grandpa. <laughs> I'm, a new, I'm the new way. You
0: don't get and, it.
1: Yeah, yeah. You old people with your, your – Old genes. We're the new genes. And and the Owen Kali themselves, I think, are particularly alien because they justify this by saying, Yeah, but this happens to us too. Like we're not the same Owen Kali. we were back on our original planet or even a few generations. We do this with with species all the time. So well yeah, know, they've it done it like six different times
0: so far. Yeah. Um, and even they they kind of talked a little bit about their caterpillar ancestors the ones that they use as like transport vehicles on their ships uh that look like caterpillars they don't really have a language and they they don't really have a culture happy like that's how they're gonna that's how everyone's gonna think about humanity in like a generation totally so that's kind of weird um but at the same time it's either that or completely disappear as a species so how do you make that choice I would yeah, want to right. live.
1: Well, it's a choice with a gun to your head, though. Mm-hmm. At that point, right? Like, but they've already well, put a gun can, to their own heads. You cannot. Your species can die. Because this is the brilliance of this: is the Yo and you are like, no, we will we'll let you live on the ship. You can live out your life on the ship and be fine. But you'll just never reproduce, and your species will die unless you do what we say. Do what we yeah, say, holding or the species, the species gets it.
0: hostage for sure. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, what about the they-
1: ending? Rob Rob has started the thread about uh, the ending. How we we don't really get a resolution. Uh, knowing this was continuing as a series, it didn't bother me so much. And actually, I, I know some some people's ebooks had the first chapter of the next book, and, and the audio book that I had had the first chapter of the next book, which kind of eased that transition. Mm-hmm. I was okay with it ending where it did. I am also not someone who has to have a resolution, like a nice tidy resolution at the end of any novel, even if it doesn't have a series. So knowing it was continuing on, it didn't bother me at all.
0: Yeah, it didn't bother me either. Um, It's a series I would like to continue, although I have a pretty bad track record with continuing series um, after I've read the first book, um, largely in part to being part of this book club. Um, but I did, I, I found, I wanted the the story to continue, which is always a good thing. It wasn't the kind of ending where I'm like, okay, this ended, I don't really feel resolved, but like I don't really feel pulled in enough to finish it. Um, I'm still getting echo on your side, so sorry if, if viewers are hearing, hearing a little reverb effect on my voice. Um, but I, yeah, Lilith was definitely a very strong character. And so I would like to continue learning about her life and how her story continues. I don't know if that goes on and on. Uh, I I think it kind of delves into her progeny, her her next in, next of kin, her brood, her brood as it were, <laughs> little brood. Um, so, but she's she's an interesting character. I think she was a a, a good strong choice. Um, I think she did what she had to do.
1: Yeah, I agree. And to me, and Rob was taking the tack that. Lilith was saying, all I'm doing is stalling until I can get to Earth, and then the real plot will begin, and the novel ends with they're still in space. If that's your expectation, then yeah, that doesn't feel like the end of the book. To me, I felt like the end of the book was Lilith has to try to get these humans to follow her, and she fails. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, And failure is a perfectly... Legitimate resolution. We're we're not used to it. A lot of us don't like that. We want a happier ending than that. But to me, that was the end. The ending of the story was sorry, Lilith. You, this didn't work out for you. And so here's your next option. And it was sort of a pointing towards the next story, and and a little denouement where you know where where you get her you get this explained to her. But to me, that that was the end of that story. The story was can she lead this group to earth? And the answer was no, she can't not
0: really not so much, maybe a couple people, but you know, they, I, I felt very sad for her. What was her boyfriend's name? Was it James? No.
1: Yeah. I think that's right.
0: I felt so sad for, for them. Um, it was, it made me very frustrated with humanity. I think that is, that is, and I feel kind of weird that maybe I sided with the one collie more than I expected to, <laughs> You're an alien. Maybe I'm an alien. Um, but i it made me very frustrated. It, it made me feel the way I feel about a lot of things in politics and in world news where I'm like, why are you making these destructive choices? Why can't you just see what the real, what the most positive decision would be like, like I know better than anyone else in the world, but still
1: like, and if you're actually asking the question and not just saying, I think you're stupid for not making the right choices. If you're actually saying, why are you making these choices? I think the Owen college should have been able to answer that better. They showed this, that, that showed their weakness is that, they were, we are all like, we know what everybody's doing. Cause we see their genes and we know your behaviors. Mm. They so made we're bad calls up just fine. Yeah. They made some real bad calls here. They should have expected a lot of the behavior that happened.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's human nature. they definitely made some bad calls. They made some bad character judgments. They weren't there certain times when Lilith really needed them to be there. And they didn't do things like show them that they're out in space. Let's just clear that up. Yeah. Um, So yeah, there were there were some issues with that. that. They're not they're you know they're they're not infallible, which I think is you know makes them maybe more human like. They're not totally omniscient. They make mistakes, which made them more learn as they go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The sex stuff was weird.
1: Yeah, it always is, and it's even weirder when you got sensory arms involved,
0: tentacles, and Bonnie. This is right up Bonnie bonnie burton's alley kind
1: of tentacle sex but kind of not it's
0: more like a it's more like a mind f
1: brain it's yeah Yeah, i can't
0: i can't say the word because we're not a censored show but um
1: we're not a sensory uncensored we're not an
0: uncensored show uh
1: ask your mom about her sensory arms
0: (laughs) wait did you just say ask my mom about her sensory arms
1: that's what i said
0: that's weird because my mom just commented on a Facebook post of mine. so The name popped up, and I thought you were specifically like I,
1: I was speaking to. Now, the right now, ask that, your mom not, about sensory arms. I was like, "That's <laughs> don't weird." Ask, don't that ask.
0: That was her. that was oddly specific, Tom. Mm,
1: don't ask. Don't ask her about that. Don't ask all, Barbara
0: please. about uh, sensory yeah. arms.
1: No. <laughs> no, please don't. She'll be like, <laughs> via, "What, via Tom? What, the, what are those?"
0: Mom, Tom wanted me to ask you about sensory arms.
1: Oh, Tom! Oh, he's crazy.
0: Oh, that Tom. He's always talking about alien sexual organs.
1: That's me. That's what I'm known for. Uh, yeah, but the, I, it was interesting. Like that caused a lot of divisiveness because it wasn't straightforward, and I think that messed with a lot of people's minds because it was. It was interesting that all of the released people paired up in heterosexual relationships, yet there were overtones of homosexuality. And especially there was this trisexuality going on, so mm. nothing, nothing fit in the paradigm there.
0: Yeah, that is kind of well. I guess it was a different time, but um,
1: it was the night. It was ninety-seven.
0: Oh, it was ninety-seven. Oh, never mind. And know, also, Octavia exactly. Butler was yeah. is a lesbian, right?
1: I believe so. Yeah. So
0: yeah, then I don't. It was kind of interesting that they all paired off. Could in the heteronormative way relationships. Who
1: she could wake up? Maybe. <laughs> They're like, well, we don't want any. Was that in we their dossier? Yeah, could have been. Hmm. See the Collie knowing that kind of thing.
0: But if they're in threesomes anyway, what difference would it make?
1: Yeah, but they're in threesomes with the Oencoly. That's different.
0: All that would really matter was if there was a female somewhere in the threesome to be able to have an Oencoly baby.
1: But don't don't you need male sperm still?
0: I don't See, know how they impregnate that, that, things.
1: Yeah, they could do whatever they, they could just pull it out. They could put it, I mean.
0: Whoa, I know, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa. That is, is that what you meant to say? Yeah,
1: I was thinking of test tubes when I said, pull mm. it out like of a refrigerator. <laughs> and then it started to sound like I was saying yeah. something else.
0: Like the dirtiest thing tom has ever said in a live broadcast of anything i can guarantee you that fact even if you didn't mean to say that that was hilarious you uh, are blushing so bad right now it's hilarious
1: that's because i didn't mean that i know that's why it's so funny oh
0: the dog is All like right. the dog walked over here she's like what are you guys laughing at what it could possibly so be that funny also it's my dinner time um
1: Yes, anyway. it is dinner time for my dogs as well. I I don't have much else to add here, um, except that I really really enjoyed it. Yeah, the book.
0: I did too. Um, I hope you guys did as well. And uh, so now it'd be a good point to announce our August pick, which I think a lot of you are going to be excited about. Um, and many of you have already read, but have have shown a willingness to reread for the discussion factor. And uh, let me
1: tell you, I am glad. Yeah. Yeah, I have already started to reread, and I'm getting so much out of rereading it. Knowing what happens in the future, going, oh, he alluded to that, and I didn't catch it back then because I didn't know what I know now, and it's really
0: mm-hmm. cool. That's a little book you may have heard of called The Name of the Wind, uh, Book One of the Kingkiller Chronicle by Patrick Rothfuss. That will be our August picked. Um, picked. Pick. It'll be our. Do August you think picked.
1: we can get him to join us?
0: potentially he's he is super busy writing the third book so um i don't want to take away too much time
1: no definitely do not want to distract him from that
0: yeah um so yeah i i will we can we can certainly try to get him to come on the show if he's interested but uh otherwise i think it'll be a great discussion i'm I'm excited that we can all read this together
1: definitely me too
0: and you can also feel good about the fact that at least the second book in the series is already out so if you read the first one and you're like super excited to start the next one it's there waiting for you
1: Well, that is it.
0: Yeah, that about wraps it up. Um, If you want to get in touch with us, our email address is feedback at swordandlaser.com. The website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on Goodreads. And hey, if you want to check out other very cool podcasts, head over to boingboing.net slash category slash podcast. We've got tons of great shows over on our podcast network there um, that you can check out. Uh, Other stuff too, like um, Boar's Gore and Swords.
1: Yeah, that's the uh, Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire.
0: We'll be right up Uh, your guys' alley.
1: Utility Closet has an episode named The Man Who Mailed Frying Pans. I'm intrigued. And uh,
0: next month, I'm going to be on the Geek podcast again, uh, which is always a lot of fun over with Dean and Mark. Um, So definitely check that out. And finally, I think the phone number may not be working anymore. I went to check on it and realized we haven't had a voicemail in two years. Um, So I should probably fix that. (laughs) And then I called it it and it rang and rang and rang and it um, never went to voicemail it went to voicemail and then it stopped the voicemail and then it rang some more so I'm not really sure mm, what happened yeah, that's not good. so we'll fix that so don't call us right now we'll call you we won't really call you leave us an email that's better feedback at swordlaser.com okay that's it we will see you guys next time bye buddy bye